Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Politics are again heating up and the results of the midterm elections will have resounding effects especially in the wake of the tragic Pittsburgh synagogue shootings and male pipe bomb threats. Today, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to take your right to vote seriously and to involve God in the process. It's not just that you vote, but how you vote. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 28, 2018. For today's update, I want to talk about what I've been sensing may be coming in the days and weeks ahead. This is something maybe a little bit different. Usually we look at the events of significance from the past week, and we will be doing that, but different this time. I kind of want to take it a bit further and talk about what may be coming in light of what has already been happening. And I'm going to attempt to answer a question specific to the midterm elections in only nine days. And even more specifically, what may in fact come after the Tuesday, November 6th elections. So much is happening now prior to this particular election, and I would argue that what's happening speaks to what's at stake in this election. Doubtless you've heard it said that this is the most important midterm election of our lifetime. I have to confess that, you know, to me that was sort of hyperbole, and we've heard that or something to that effect before, but as we get closer and in light of what's been happening, I'm starting to realize that that is in fact true. So by virtue of the sheer volume of events within just the past few days and leading up to the past few days, you're going to have to bear with me as I paint the prophetic canvas with a broad brush, as it were. I want to begin with this Fox News report yesterday about this anti-Semite murdering, massacring really, 11 Jews at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. This was just heartbreaking. And you hear these first responders describing this horrific scene that in all their years, 30, 40 years, Uh, They have never seen anything as just, I mean, unspeakable as what they saw. What caught my attention 
was a report that the man shouted, All Jews must die. Some reports that are coming out as of just this morning, actually, reveal that this man spewed anti-Jewish hatred online, saying things like, Jews are the children of Satan. There was one report, I didn't get a chance to read through all of it, but they're reporting that he was so furious with President Trump for relocating the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. One report suggests that this may, in fact, be the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in the history of the United States. If this attack is surprising, it probably shouldn't be, especially given this Times of Israel article citing a report released the day before on Friday by a Jewish civil rights group that online attacks on U.S. Jews is ramping up before Election Day on Tuesday, November 6th. According to the Anti-Defamation League's report, both anonymity and automation have been used in online propaganda offensives against the Jewish community during the 2018 midterms. Listen to this quote. Prior to the election of President Donald Trump, anti-Semitic harassment and attacks were rare and unexpected, even for Jewish Americans who were prominently situated in the public eye following his election. Speaking of Trump, anti-Semitism has become normalized and harassment is a daily occurrence. Well, that was yesterday. But the major story dominating our news feeds this last week was that of the mail bombs sent to prominent Democrats who have vehemently opposed President Donald Trump and the Republican Party. On Friday, a suspect was taken into custody, and I chose to quote Al-Arabiya because of one statement in their report. Listen to this very carefully. It was a first break in a case that has seized the national conversation and, listen, spread fear of election season violence with little precedent in the U.S. Close quote. In other words, this has spread this fear I'll add threat of election season violence. And I disagree that it's with little precedent. I would submit it is unprecedented. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I cannot remember a time in my lifetime, and I'm no spring chicken, where I've seen the, I'm going to call it demonic, vitriolic, spewing of anger and hatred and threats on the part of those who are, and these are real threats, that if the Republicans keep the House and the Senate, certainly, it's going to be all out anarchy 
And it could be argued that we're already seeing a taste of that even now. Stay with me, and I I want to try to kind of bring this all together. It's very interesting to me to note that the coverage of the mail bombs sort of eclipsed the coverage of this massive illegal invasion that is en route to the borders of the U.S. mainland. You heard about this, right? So USA Today was quick to connect this, I'm calling it, illegal invasion to the midterms and with them President Trump who they say is making this the top issue by quote ratcheting up the rhetoric to fire up the Republican base to come out and vote and it was working you'll forgive me but it's a little suspect that all of a sudden these bombs start appearing in the mail. And it's even more suspect that not one of them went off. I'm going to leave that there. So it was actually very effective because as the article goes on to say, national surveys indicate the debate carries more weight with Republicans. I'm going to show you a picture and I want you to look at this picture for just a moment. It's a photo of, really as far as the eye can see, some estimate there are about 14,000 and growing in this caravan, so-called. But is it just me, or are 99.9% of those pictured here men? Not families. Not women and children. Men. It was reported this last week on Fox News that they've already discovered that there are MS-13 gang members in this caravan. There are Islamic terrorists in this caravan. I want to share with you a quote that I was tagged on Facebook with by an online member. Those who enter our country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law. And because we live in an age where terrorists are challenging our borders, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, and unchecked. Americans are right to demand better border security and better enforcement of the immigration laws. Wow. Yeah, right? You know who said this? Not President Trump. You know who said this? You won't be clapping after I tell you. Barack Hussein Obama. 2006. Hello? (laughs) 12 years ago. My, how much has changed in 12 years, huh? Let me just be very clear and say that this is not 
immigration. This is invasion. This is invasion. And you'll forgive me, but this is personal for me. I'm an immigrant. My parents were refugees to this country. They fled the oppression of Islam and came to America when I was nine months old. It's from a newspaper article in 1963. And the title of the article was, Egyptian Family Comes to Everett as Refugees. You mind if I share a quick quote? They quote my father. Listen to what he said. Soon after he left Egypt, persecution of various Christian groups as well as Jews began as they lost their jobs, their property, and their civil rights. He went on to say, I consider March 20th, 1963 as my new birthday, for on this day we arrived in your wonderful city, speaking of Everett, Washington, and commenced a new life. Our hearts are filled with gratitude for this opportunity. Do you know, and again, I, for five years, they studied as they worked all day and all night, and as much time as they could spare, they studied to get their citizenship. And I'll never forget that day. I was very young at the time. But on that day, they, with their ceremony for their citizenship, they, they stood there with tears streaming down their face as they were granted their American citizenship. That's immigration. That's immigration. 20 years later, The year 1983, I'm new and the Lord had just come to Christ. And they published this article in the local paper with the headline, Political Immigrants Find Much to Admire in the U.S. In this article, they quoted my mom, and I want to share it with you. Listen to what she said. We lived on our nerves for three and a half years before we came to America. The first night we slept in this country, it was heaven. There was no one who would come in to kill us. No one looking for evidence against us to accuse us falsely. It was great. And then she says this. I think that Americans do not know how it is in other countries. They take America for granted. My husband and I, with all of our hearts, appreciate America. Here's where I'm going with this, and you'll forgive the bluntness with which I say this. But not only do we take America and our freedom for granted, we take our right to vote for granted as well. A number of years ago, I shared with a brother in the church at the time, that I truly believe that God holds us accountable for voting. Not just if we don't vote, but for how we vote. I can tell by the look on some of your faces that you're... <laughs> that was his expression, by the way. He's kind of shocked a little bit. What? Yeah. Let me ask you this question. 
Don't you find it interesting that so much is happening leading up to this election? Could it be that there are those who recognize how important it is? Please don't get me wrong. We talked about this last week. God is still on the throne no matter the outcome. Never imagine that if the Republicans lose the House, that God is going to stand up and start pacing back and forth. (laughs) You know, what happened? No. God is completely in control no matter the outcome, but it is incumbent upon us to vote for candidates who hold biblical values. We take it for granted. We take it for granted. I know I, I hope you don't tire of me sharing this, but had my parents not brought me to America when they did, I doubt very much I would have been even alive today, let alone saved today. We do take this great country for granted. God has truly blessed America. Well, I realize that what I'm about to say may jam some gears, but I'm going to jam some gears in Jesus' name anyway. (laughs) The outcome of this election has the propensity to profoundly impact both Jews and Christians. I'm personally of the belief that regardless of the results, we as a nation have been fully given over to a satanic hatred. And I'll take it further and say that we may have very well passed the proverbial point of no return. With all that's happened prior, think about this. Wouldn't it stand to reason that it's going to get even worse after? I know this might seem absurd as I illustrate this point, but can you imagine if the Republicans kept the House, the Senate, and and by the way, the White House too. Keep in mind, they don't want to just impeach President Trump. They want to assassinate President Trump. You understand that, right? And do you know why? It's because of the Judeo-Christian ethic. This whole thing we just saw play out with Kavanaugh. That was all about pro-life. It's all about biblical values. The support of Israel. The pro-Christian, pro-Israel policies from this president. Can you imagine if they keep the House, they keep the Senate? Can you imagine the Democratic Party, the liberals, the progressives, the far left? I'm delineating between all of them. Could you imagine them going, oh, okay, we'll regroup and try again in 2020. (laughs) Again, they have threatened unspeakable things if they don't win 
in nine days. And then, if they do end up getting maybe the Senate, not likely the House, do you think things are going to get better? The reason I wanted to kind of take it further is because of this Ynet News article that I think really gives us an adequate picture of what is coming after the elections. Notice it's after the U.S. midterms that French President Emmanuel Macron intends to present his own Mideast peace plan if U.S. President Donald Trump fails to. Oh, really? Oh, and you're waiting for the midterm elections. Oh, how thoughtful. <laughs> no, there's a reason. They're waiting to see who's going to win, who's going to be in power. What really struck me were the statements from Foreign Ministry Political Director Alon Ushpiz, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, concerning Jerusalem believing the Democrats will come out ahead in the midterm elections, something that would undoubtedly have a significant effect on Israel. Listen to this quote from the director. A third of Congress, this is stunning, a third of Congress members are going to be replaced, and it is unclear if they are all on our side. In fact, we will be starting from zero, and what we had since Trump had taken office is going to change, and we must prepare for that. Did you hear that? The whole world... Specifically and rightfully, Israel is watching what's going to happen on Tuesday, November 6th in the United States of America. That's what's at stake. Maybe I just need to say it very simply. It's going to get worse. No matter who wins. And we've already seen what's happened just in the week leading up to this. What's going to happen this week? The elections aren't until the following week. What's going to happen this week? What are we going to wake up to? You know, in Hawaii, we're always behind, especially East Coast time, five hours, or six hours, soon to be five hours when they have daylight savings time. But what are we going to wake up to tomorrow morning? when we turn on the TVs and go to our news feeds. As I was preparing for the update yesterday, the Lord directed me to something the Apostle Peter wrote in his first letter. It's in chapter 4, verse 7. Listen to what he says. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. I cannot think of a better verse than this. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. 
The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.